Hey, this is Eric from Catching Light. Hey, this is Hemp. Hey, this is Glenn. Hi, I'm Steve-O. Hey, this is Drew Hines with Hindsight Imagery. This is Matt Callahan and Digimati Photographic Services. Hey, this is Jason, and welcome to Tales from the Pit. Hey guys, welcome back to Tales from the Pit. We're joined tonight with John, Sanjay, and Barry of Shinedown. Uh, we're talking all things photography and concerts here tonight. And uh, let's start off by you know, going over to you, Barry. Uh, so first and foremost, all of us here are concert photographers. Um, and the question for you is, are you into photography? And, and, and what do you like about photography? Uh, the answer is yes, I'm into photography. Um, really got into it, uh, I'd say probably 10 15 years ago, maybe 10, more like 10, where I got into it and started doing my own photography and, and taking pictures. And I'm a hobbyist. I'm not a professional like you guys, but I, I enjoy photography. I've always really liked photography. My mom was an amateur photographer and she you know, would develop her own film and had her, her 35 millimeter cameras and things of that nature back when we did film. So I kind of grew up around it and she would teach me just the basics and, 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 and how to look at things maybe differently. Uh, for me, my favorite style of photography is more uh, landscape nature cityscape things of that nature i i can't take a good picture of a person to save my life i'm not into it i can't do it i don't do concert photography it doesn't strike me and if i take a picture of somebody it's always the worst angle possible i don't do portraiture i don't do it even if i take a picture of my daughter i'm like and my wife's uh, an amateur photographer as well uh, so she does all that because she's got the polar opposite. She takes really good portraiture, especially of kids. Um, she worked with kids for many years, especially with uh, uh, kids that have special needs. Um, so she's able to pull the right looks, and she knows when that look's going to happen is able to get it, much like you guys when you've gotten so used to uh, taking concert photography. You know when that person's about to jump or that light's going to be just right on their face and things of that nature. Um, there's a special talent to it. And I appreciate that. But for me, it's more the landscape or cityscape and, and nature of photography. It's going to sit still for me. I can set up my shot, and I enjoy that part of it. I when can it certainly relate to that, Mary, definitely. When it comes to being an artist on stage, you probably get a ton of photos of yourself or of the band or anything like that from a wide variety of people like us to just people in the crowds to uh, everything in between. Is there something that you would like to see or is there something that you wish people would do more of when they take photos of you or something to that effect? Of me personally, yes and no. <laughs> it's funny. I, I see pictures of myself and it's the polar opposite of who I am as a person. I look angry and mad most of the time. And Sanjay can attest to that because he's probably taking more shots of me than anybody. For some reason, I've, I've got this menacing-looking face and because that's just how I get into that playing the song. That Viking look? Yeah, and it's completely opposite <laughs> of my personality. I'm a teddy bear. So I, I find if somebody can get that natural smile or that one moment of any of us in the band of, of the, 
not the show, but that natural look, that's always the one I'm looking for. That's when that strikes me goes, oh, that they got me, my true personality, not just the rock and roll thing. Um, and other than that, you know, I think the most frustrating thing, and in within the band, and, and it, we always send them around via texts or, or things like that, or we'll go check this one out. And you've got the worst look on your face. You know, it looks like you're about to shit yourself or, or you know, they catch you mid-jump and your face is all contorted. And they, you know, the person that took that picture thinks it's a great picture, I guess. And they post it everywhere. And you look at it and go, oh, my God, that's not even me. That's not my face. Especially Eric's had some epic ones. I think they catch him when he jumps. And as soon as he hits the stage and his face goes, they catch it right then. And it, it's like Nosferatu or something. It's crazy looking. Uh, tell you what, Barry, next time you're in Guilford, look for the photographers up front and give us your best smile. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. okay. We'll be looking for you, buddy. I'm always smiling. You know, you th- I want to talk go. about that for a minute because I know, I know we, all, we all know that there's bands out there that they want to review that stuff before we post it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's not us. That's not our personality. I mean, if, if we're doing a professional photo shoot, we're going to look through all of them. You know, if it's, if it's going to be an album shot or if it's going to be – an eight by 10 shot or something of that nature. Yeah. We're going to look through every single one and make sure each one of us approves of how we look in that photo. Cause that's timeless and forever. But nowadays with it's so much material going out there, if you guys are having fun and you get a few for, for your venue or, or whatnot, it's going to raise its hand if it's a really great shot because it's going to get shared instantly through social media. And if it's not a good shot of the, of the band person or member, it just won't get shared. You know, I think okay. those people that try to micromanage every little thing, oh, look, I might have a little bit of a love handle or, uh, you know, oh, my face is fat today, whatever, get over it, let, let it be. I, we don't we don't micromanage like that. So how do you and Sanjay work together when it comes to photos? Do you ever like say, hey, Sanjay, I want to try this thing tonight at yeah. this song? Do you guys coordinate that sort of things? Yeah, we've done uh, with- yeah, within reason, you know, if I, if I notice myself, I'm doing something every night because, again, I'm a creature of habit, so my show becomes a little repetitive as far as the way I might hit things or, or do things. And I, I notice that maybe Sean, Sanjay hasn't gotten that shot. I'll be, hey, man, second chorus, this song, I'm going to jump up. Can you try to get that tonight? And then he goes, well, I'll try to get it, but you have a pirate head at the same time, and I can't be there because there's too much fire on stage. And I go, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm an idiot. Um, (laughs) But vice versa, Sanjay, a lot of times, Sanjay's more, I don't realize what I'm doing in the moment. So he'll go, I've noticed the past few nights you've been doing this. Do you mind if I get up there when you're doing that or playing this song? I think I can get something really cool, whether it's photography or video, that he can put together into something. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about Sanjay is we give him the leeway to not only ask us any time, but be an artist, be you. We hired you because we like what you do. Go do that. And if you need something from us, let us know. That's cool. Yeah. That's a nice relationship. That's cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, Sanjay, what's uh, your regular workflow for the day? I mean, you must take tons of photos and have to process a lot and video. Oh, yeah. Um, Basically, once I get into the venue and get set up, Typically, I'll see B walk in first from the bus. John's in there. And uh, we all kind of do our own thing. And uh, I'll review the night before. Like, I used to sit down right away and try and edit everything I could. And then I started. It was just a lot. So they'll play a show. I'll get my shots. The next morning is when I review those shots. And I'll kind of go through, pick out. I typically, I think on the last one I said, it's 
250 to 400 photos a show. So, I mean, it varies. And then from there, I'll kind of go through, see the ones that I really think are awesome. And like we were just talking about, I'll always try to look at the faces, look at the look at the shadows, make sure it all kind of looks good. There's been a couple times where a couple of them slip through, but life goes on and we're all good. (laughs) (laughs) Only one me. And uh, I'll just edit out stuff, man. And we put it into a Dropbox. I'll send, I'll text B some photos and he'll write back like, oh, fuck yeah, that one's great. I love it. I mean, I have, I think I have just as many photos of John as I do some of the guys and it's just like one more that's my work day is I'll go through the night before I'll find the shots I'll text them out I'll send the ones people will post them up and then I'll get into the video world and that's the one that takes the time so it's like I can go through photos and it's been so many years now of just turn and burn where I know what I'm looking for and what looks cool to me that I can do the photos generally pretty quick and then I'll focus down on the video because that's so much more time consuming. And then, I mean, throughout the day, the meet and greets and stuff like that. So that's all you do. I said, you were also showing me too, that in his workflow, because he has been doing it so long, whether it's between Lightroom or Photoshop, he's created so many presets mm-hmm. of, you know, cause the lighting in a concert doesn't change that much. You know, you guys know that. Um, mm-hmm. And when you get used to that show and, and what the, lighting scheme is going to be he knows that everything's got this horrible blue hue that's got to be taken out and he creates that preset for it so it's going to make his workflow that much quicker barry do you get in the lightroom at all or i do i do i use lightroom for the most part i don't do a lot of photoshop Um, uh, it's not something that interests me but i do enjoy lightroom and, and i've forced myself i used to be you know when you first get lightroom and everything's so easy everything i'm crushing the contrast on it and everything's going to be it almost looks like a cartoon at some point. <laughs> it's fun to play with these buttons right um and then i look back at it and go wow you destroyed that picture it's just too much um i've gotten to the point now where i try to be bare minimum get yeah, the good mm-hmm. shot yeah. and then maybe you know i always shoot in color so if i want to flip it to black and white i'm going to flip it to black and white i love black and white photography um and then maybe i'll boost my reds and yellows depending on the hue of that original shot. But I try for the most part to edit minimally. And Sanjay's taught me a few tricks too of a focal point and how to really draw the eye in on certain shots by, by expanding that grid and really focusing your eyes. So it's nice to have somebody who's been doing it long enough. He can show me shortcuts and whatnot. But I, I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is less is more. Yeah. So when it comes to your photography, so, so we're just sort of starting to touch on that now. Why photography? Uh, I think initial interest was two. It was twofold for me. um, It's a hobby that you can do on the road. And number two, I'm visiting all these great places that I never thought I'd be able to visit. Why not take pictures of it? And that goes back to our part one of the series that I can't remember anything. So I better take a picture of it. So that was it for me because trying to capture the grandeur of the London tower in on a camera is fun to me, you know, and, and I haven't gotten it yet, but I sure as hell I'm trying, you know, or the Christmas markets, which Sanjay and John and I spent a lot of time in overseas. Um, they're amazing. These Christmas markets, especially in, in, in Germany and those areas. Wow. 
And to go around and the three of us being nerds and taking pictures of that, that's fun. And then, you know, you might get a day off and you're near uh, Custer State Park. And you can go take pictures of Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Why not? That's a cool, and you can put it all in your backpack. So, so we'll start, we'll get into sharing some photos, some of your guys' photos, because we have photos from all three of you that are pretty spectacular. But, but before we do that, what is your preferred gear? What, what's your preferred lens and all that stuff? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm a twofold guy. Sanjay, I tease him all the time. I'm a Nikon guy initially, and he's a Canon guy. So, uh, and there's rights and wrongs to both. They both, you know, it's like a BMW or Mercedes. They're both going to get the job done. It's what are you used to? Uh, and I think Canon was way ahead and I'll admit it when it came to uh, video. So I get that whole thing with, especially when they came out with 5d or whatever. Um, but I, I'm a Nikon guy and I've got a friend that, uh, Mike Corrado who works at Nikon who kind of introduced me and was able to give me a lot of tips and let me borrow some, some lenses and things of that nature. Um, and then I guess to be two years ago now, maybe a year and a half ago, I, I took the leap and got a, uh, Leica. Um, and I, I got the, uh, the QP, which is a non-interchangeable lens Leica, because I found out over the years of working with my Nikons, I like a prime lens. I want a fixed 50, I want a fixed 35, I want a fixed 80. That's where I want to be, and you better get it in that angle. I'm not going to zoom in on it. I just That's where I want it. I want a low f-stop. This is where I'm going to be. And that's what I like about this Leica is it forces me to be – right here and that's all you have to work with and for me that reminds me of drumming on a small drum set and making it sound like a massive drum set all you need is a kick snare and hi-hats and you can play a song same if you just have just a fixed lens and this is what you got that's it for me nikon leica and i'm a mac guy and you don't sound like a freaking amateur you don't sound like a hobbyist to me (laughs) no i was thinking the same thing steve yeah no kidding and John, he, was just, he was just reading the instruction books before this, so we're, we're good. <laughs> I sent him a cheat sheet ahead of time. To yeah. Lots of John, YouTube. you're like a guy as well, right? Uh, Fuji, actually. Oh, Fuji. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I was. Uh, we just got back from Europe in December, and I was talking with Sanjay because I only really like landscape stuff. Or I, again, I hate taking pictures of people. Um, and like inanimate objects, I don't find any interest. But if it's like landscape, like a sunrise or sunset, or like an old barn in the distance, and so I asked Sanjay, we kind of looked around, and he said, "It's the Fuji um, X100 series." And I just have, I'm one of those people. I don't. It, I used to do photography in like grade school through through up to college, like darkroom stuff, and I loved it. But obviously, with sports, everything, I kind of lost kind of whatever. And so now. I kind of just – I never read directions. I mean, unless I'm dealing with fuel or something, they can blow up. So I, I kind of get lost in it. It took me like two months really to figure out what all these buttons do. Um, it's a fixed lens, but you kind of get into some of these weird kind of like shutter speeds and apertures. And I'm just like – it's cool to kind of do trial and error. That's where I get kind of a lot of fun with it. That's cool. I mean, having Sanjay I – mean, I mean, you guys got like – the golden resource with you right there because obviously both for his eye and his editing and stuff like that. So you have like the perfect person to, to travel with when it comes to photography. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. Really easy to spin him out when you put something else in his hands. Here, hold on to this Nikon and take a picture. <laughs> and, and, 
he holds it like it's his first time holding a baby. You know? <laughs> hey, I'm curious real quick. Have uh, have all of us here had first-hand experience shooting film and developing it? I yes. know he, he just mentioned being in the dark room, and that is that's one of the coolest experiences. And I don't know how many of the people out there, you know, have that firsthand and how cool that actually is. Not for yes. a lot, but yeah, I'm old. Yes, I have. In I high school, we I'd go in there like the dark room with that stupid bag and just pitch black. Yeah, the my, my friends, I know. my friends and I would just be cracking jokes, saying this teacher's a joke. Like we're gonna hang out here for forty minutes. But once you kind of figure it out with the process with a fixer and all this, I'm so blown away by it. Yeah. Do you have the tongs and you would dip it into I the did. solution? Oh, yeah. And then we, oh, yeah. we would grab people's ear and like throw them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the best. <laughs> sixth grade. Six, no, seventh grade. Uh, my school, they had a photography class where they, the teacher had a – the teacher was a dick. But <laughs> they usually are, yeah. He had a dark room and everything, and I remember he wanted us to try and – for me, it was he had a set way he wanted to see your art come to life. And it's like, I just, my mind never went there. So I remember I got oh, yeah. a parent teacher conference because I took a picture of my ass. And that's what <laughs> <laughs> I will, oh, that was one of the first things I ever developed. So, that's so funny. I can still yeah. smell the fixer I, and the developers. Yeah. I want to know what your folks said when they called you in and here's a picture of my ass. <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget when I um, I thought it was like the coolest thing you could ever have happen is I had a black and white photo of a damn slinky that I took in my bedroom and it made it into our school's newspaper. And I'm like, all right, I'm going places in life. Here we go. It's a start. And small accomplishments. That's all that matters. It's small accomplishments. Yeah. A couple of days ago, actually, this was kind of on topic, but Sanjay and I were laughing about, hey, we got to get, get Barry in here for this. And Barry, do you remember that day off in <laughs> – that day, off of Can- that day off of Canada where we all had our cameras and we took that insane Uber ride to the top of this mountain. Yes. And I was in the backseat kind of just not shell-shocked, but I'm just, I'm just cracking jokes. <laughs> but Sanjay and Barry are literally horrified. Our Uber driver nearly killed a dog. We're going up this mountain. It was the most unreal. It was the most unbelievable. Just ridiculous. Yeah. I was car sick for two hours after that damn. <laughs> yep. That's funny. I thought we were going to kill him. Uh, One of those pictures I turned in might be from that trip. I I don't remember. It is. That's why I started laughing. That was such a great day, too. Let's do that. Let's jump into some photos. So, Barry, let's start with yours. Give me a second to share my screen. Sure. Hold on one second here. You're the right one. Uh, Start with the naked one. (laughs) Yeah, John? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) So, So So, yeah, go ahead and tell us about it. Uh, that was uh, the hiking trip that John was just alluding to in, in Canada. Um, we were just walking up the side of this hill, and there was a lot of, you know, it was pretty rocky terrain. And, again, I like nature stuff, so I saw this tree that had just this little green patch growing on the the, the root ball. The tree had fallen over, and it was dying. Um, and so I was, at that time, the camera, this was done with, I think everyone I sent in was done with the Leica. Um, I was still learning all the buttons, but I really wanted to focus on aperture. And uh, that was the idea behind this was getting such a crisp foreground with a really blown out background. So, yeah. um, and I, again, I love nature and, and things growing kind of decay, but still pretty. And I, I find that stuff really pretty. So that's where this picture came from. Yeah. It's a really nice depth of field and it really pulls your eye to that central point there. It looks really, really nice. Thank you. 
So let's uh, let's jump to the second one. There we go. This is cool. This was in November. This is when we were in Europe. Uh, what city was that? It's, where we... it's the cover to Sound of Madness, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Sound of Madness is crows, not seagulls. But <laughs> <laughs> The next one. <laughs> what was that city we walked down that had the rivers and we uh, walked down to the Christmas markets, but there were quite a hike from the hotel. Was it Switzerland, maybe? Do you guys remember? You're muted, John. I'm trying to think. We, we were uh, Switzerland. Yeah, so this was Switzerland. Uh, it was cold outside. Not not super cold. It was early winter, but it was cold enough to where I saw this paddleboard, and I was like, you're not getting me in this water. And they didn't have a wetsuit on, so I'm like, God, if you fall off, that's going to really suck. Um, and then I saw it was actually a really beautiful sunny day, but, again, I like black and white. And to have the birds kind of just breaking the photo up, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and is that, like is cool. that- the moon up there in the top left? It was. It's, you know, it's winter in Europe. There's a perpetual moon even in the middle of the day. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. I'll tell really you, like- for, someone that, for someone that's an amateur, it's goddamn good composition over there. Thank you. The rule of sweats of the birds. It reminds me of, like, dark shadows. Yeah. Hey, did we lose Sanjay? I'm here. No, he's here. Oh, okay. Sorry, my screen's tracked. Sorry. Oh, there we go. It. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I really like. I do like the black and white. Yeah, work hard when, you, when you shot this, did you decide when you shot this? Were you sort of thinking black and white, or was this something that after the fact, as you're experimenting, black and white just kind of is the thing? This was after the fact because it was actually a really pretty uh, sunset starting to happen in the background. But this picture, actually, to the right of where the birds, there was a crane in the picture that I ended up cropping out. But the crane was really. And then I shrunk it down and then I was just messing with my um, again, Lightroom, messing with uh, the contrast. And when I tried to boost the clarity of the colors, that building right there just got really ugly. And yeah. you start seeing signs on the side and it just wasn't, it made the picture less interesting. So then when I just kept it in black and white. And that's, yeah, we had a black and white episode a while back where we talk about sort of the benefits of black and white in, in some of those perspectives where, you know, the colors are just, it's a great shot, but the colors are just not cooperating at all. And when yeah. you go to black and white, it's just a whole different feeling and mood. And it's very classic and vintage and really adds to a, a shot. And I know it's cliche, but Ansel Adams is still one of my favorites. I have one hanging in my bathroom or a print, not a, a real Ansel Adams, cause that'd be crazy. But, uh, um, you know, I, I just love that style, that black and white grainy. And that's kind of what I was, drew me to like us as well as they have a graininess to them. And I think that's cool about the different cameras out there because the technology across the board is so good. I don't care what camera you get. It's going to be a nice camera, but each one of those brands has a thing, you know, and, and, and they show out like as grainy, the Fuji's they they're really, their colors are cool and vibrant. You know, Canon's got their thing. Nikon's got their thing. Um, that's, I think without developing film anymore, that's where the difference in the camera companies is. Yeah. So you mentioned Ansel Adams, and I didn't want to be cliche and bring it up, so I'm glad that you said it first. But, yeah, I think that you're pretty spot on with that, man. That guy had an ability to just to take a scene and then just, just hold your attention for, for multiple minutes, and you scan through everything, and you feel like you're right there in person. Um, so total, total respect to that, and I'm glad you brought it up as well. Thanks. All right, let's jump to the next one. So this is beautiful. Oh, That's the one I like. Yeah, this again was in Europe. 
this was in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. And we had gone out all day long and took a bunch of pictures. And we actually were trying to find seafood because we knew Portugal, that area was really well known for their seafood. Um, ended up finding a good seafood restaurant on the walk back. It was dark. Um, and streets were really empty. It was kind of a, a weird feeling place. And this, out of all the pictures I took, there's one other one that kind of kind of looks cool because we were up above and you could get all the rooftops. But it, it looked like something that might as well be in the AAA magazine or something. It was just very stock. Um, but this alleyway just caught my mind and we actually had gone the wrong way. We we're trying to find our way back to the hotel and we're like, do we want to climb these stairs? I don't really want to <laughs> climb these stairs. That's a phenomenal shot. <laughs> but the I picture turned out cool. And I, to be honest, this one wasn't edited much at all. I, I brought up the yellows just a little bit and that was it. It just, it framed well and the depth was there. I think I <clears throat> up the yellows and up to the, um, I sharpened it a little bit to get the, depth in the background with the stairs and that was about it on this one i like the clarity the clarity of the front and all the way to the back up the stairs is in focus and just yeah that's what makes good it depth of field yeah, definitely so one of the go ahead, like. go ahead. yeah no i was gonna say so one of the coolest things um about photography and i think all the other guys can attest to this is we've started to realize that all of us kind of have uh and steve pulios brought this up kind of our signature style and the very first thing I thought of when you pulled this picture up uh, for our group of photographers, photographers would be Glenn. Glenn is totally into this type of street photography, and I figured this would be right up his alley. Would you guys agree as well? Yeah, yeah thank you, guy. Eric. I can relate to something like this for sure. Um, street photography is really right up my alley. Landscape as well, Barry. So I can really appreciate this because it, it tells a complete story, especially with all the telephone lines or whatever they are. And, you know, you just don't see that everywhere. And just to, for you to travel the world like this and capture these incredible shots, just like, whoa. It's, it's, it, I'm very it really, envious. And it brings very, joy. <laughs> it keeps me out of the bar a little bit longer. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's That's funny. That's phenomenal. I look at the top of that stairway. There's that one lone window right at the top. Yeah, right there. I was wondering what that oh, was. It's like, like a TV light. What are those people watching on TV? <laughs> what's going on in that window? And I'm drawn to that because I want to know what's going on in that There's little spot. There's a boudoir right there. shoot going on in there. Why <laughs> <laughs> you got to go there? Sanjay's on the bed up there. <laughs> we lose Sanjay? I'm <laughs> Oh, there he is. He's, He's hiding out of water. <laughs> right? Yeah, so this is a really cool shot. And, and before we move, um, uh, when we're all done at the end of this episode, I just want to show you something I found today because of this shot. So I, I found it very bizarre, but not that uh, this not, not about this shot, just a, a thing that I, I'll show you after. Okay. Uh, let's move to the next now. one. So this is cool. That's cool. Okay. Uh, this was actually done here in Jacksonville, Florida at a... Uh, a state park called Little Talbot Island. Um, and my daughter, wife, and I went camping there, and we went on a, a nature trail hike. And this was probably February. Um, and uh, so we're going down, and we ran into this uh, this oak tree hammock with all the, the moss, and it was just – it caught my eye. It looked like something out of a fairy tale, and it was just this one hammock – this one pocket that was so overgrown with this moss. Um, and then you have the little palmetto bushes in the, in the background or in the, in the midground there. Um, it just trimmed out, you know, it, it doesn't look nearly as good in color. It really doesn't. There's so much green. 
um, with the white moss that it, it wasn't that interesting. And then when you flipped it into black and white, it was like, oh, here's this, you know, fairy tale land. Um, and that's in my backyard. You know, that's 30 minutes from my house. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, I think with black and white, you can get some real depth to come out of it, sometimes yeah. more than color. So I can agree with you on that, definitely. Yeah, just created a- Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, man, I- thank you for sharing this. I- I'm so... I'm so sold on this Tales from the Pit thing now, man. This is the coolest shit ever. Like, literally, oh, yeah, how many back. millions? Of, no, how, seriously. Sentimental time, guys. How, how, many freaking, how many fans of Shine Down are there? Like, that don't know that the drummer is a goddamn amazing photographer. Like, this is the coolest shit now. ever. This is the coolest ever. My mind's just blowing, man. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Fairy tale's the way to put it. That's that's definitely the right the right language to set on that. That's cool. Now, Barry, yeah. do you ever print any of these? Uh, for personal, yeah, I have a couple around the house. I'm kind of, I, I, I don't have a lot of wall space, and so yeah. I don't really print any of these anymore. Like, you know, between pictures of, of dogs and kid, the walls are taken up, and then you know, hanging guitars and drums. So I don't have a lot of wall space. There's one wall I've, I've been thinking about doing that, but then again. It almost seems, for me personally, self-serving. I'm going to look up that and remember the story, but it's like, ah, maybe I want to put something that somebody else did up there, their art, more than something I did. So I I usually just keep them on a hard drive. You know, it's funny today when I was sending these over, um, I opened Lightroom and it had updated, and all my edits were gone. Oh, wow. It was like typical Adobe screwed me again. Um, And so I, I took a good two hours i was able to go into another hard drive and find these because i had thank goodness backed them up because all my everything that sanjay went out we were on the road everything i did all those edits they're they're gone yeah all been there yeah we all lost a hard drive last year and went to the same exact thing yep welcome to adobe (laughs) (laughs) so yeah in regards to this shot i think that just um not that Changing it to black and white gives it a whole different perspective, but it gives it like a nice softness to that moss. I think the the the, the I mean, because sometimes you really want a real sharp, crisp shot, which you have plenty of, but that black and white just really softens that moss, so it really gives it a nice flow to it. I mean, it's kind really, of a really mis- cool. mysterious look to it too. Though. Yeah, that's it, cool. Again, in color, you look at this and go, "That's all right." Um, yeah. <laughs> not special but the black and white does something um because it was you know that time of year things are starting obviously it's florida so it might be winter but things are still green for the most part um and it just was washed with green it wasn't cool and then you flipped it and i was like oh well, that's kind of neat and you get to yeah. see a lot more the, the moss and the the for me it's the contrast and the blacks in the actual trees themselves yep. that bring it together mm-hmm my uh, inner nerd is going to look at this and hear the Ents from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I'm doing an elf shoot like in a couple of weeks. And I'm looking for a, a location exactly like this. <laughs> Come on, I can show you exactly where it is. Come on down. Okay. okay all right. Cool. Yeah. I'm not carrying your gear. <laughs> you know, funny. This is probably 20 minutes into the hot. It wasn't that far from the campground. That's awesome. That's awesome. I hey, speaking of anywhere near there. <laughs> S- 
Speaking of Prince real quick, uh, do you or any other members of the band, do you guys have any concert prints that you guys, because uh, I know like at our venue, as you walk up, there's, you know, you kind of have prints from each of the shows, but do, is that something that you guys are ever into? Do you have any of that in your own personal collection? Some. We've been gifted some um, over the years of, of cool shots and some that, you know, guys like yourselves have given us. And I always hold on to everything that's been given to me, whether it's, uh, you know, a concert, a venue gift, like a, a cool shot, or, um, you know, even a fan that's given us a cool gift. I have a storage unit full of neat gifts that I, I feel horrible throwing away, even though it's maybe not something I keep in my home. Yeah. Um, concert, yeah. If there's a cool shot, you know, and a lot of times you guys know this, uh, <clears throat> it's very rare that you get a good shot of the, the drummer or any, any of the musicians that are on the backside of the stage. Um, it's just hard, especially if they're keeping you right there in the pit. Mm-hmm. The lighting's just not cool for that. So I'd say the other three members of Shinedown who can get to that front edge of the stage have a lot more shots of themselves than maybe myself, and that's just the nature of the beast. Nice. While he's finding that, Barry, do you have, uh, do you have any interest in a uh, third-eye blind print? <laughs> Sure. You trying to sell your prints <laughs> to our guests? Yeah, this is not what dude, this is I'm all about. I'm me. an entrepreneur at heart, okay? That is a complete left field uh, band that I wouldn't think you pull up. Sure. I mean, but th- this one right here is one I have an extra one of, so if you want it, I can send it out to you. Only ten ninety nine. No, it's, shipping a, and it's, a, it's a 16 by 20 print, so it's pretty good sized. Assuming that he likes them, I'm assuming. <laughs> he's randomly asking my prints from other bands. If you have a spit doctor's poster, Barry will probably take it off your hands. <laughs> and I don't know if doctors have, have or have, for a little bit, they have a fantastic. Uh, sorry, on a complete side note, uh, ironically, right an hour before uh, we started this meeting, I got a text on my phone. From Shinedown saying 40% off masks, 40% off Shinedown masks. You guys must get a lot of bootleg things going on and all that crazy stuff all the time. I can't tell you how many bootleg stuff things are out there. Uh, just for you fans out there, I don't believe we're making masks, just so you know. Steve's, Eric just made <laughs> 20 bucks on know. a couple of prints. <laughs> oh, John, get <laughs> off. This third eye blind mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into John. Let's do John's next. You want to just go right in order, John? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, so let me give me let me open this full screen here real quick. All right, John. So we got some uh, a beautiful landscape. Go ahead and tell us about this one. Uh, so I don't. I really don't vacation a lot. And so obviously with COVID, we're kind of now I've had a lot of free time. So my grandparents have a dairy farm up in Western New York, like the Southern Tier part, and so. Every time, ever since I'm a little kid, once I had my cell phone, I've always been taking pictures of the cows or barns and stuff. But now as I've gotten older, as people get older and people pass away, you kind of um, feel more connected towards where you are, at least from I do. Um, and so that's this was actually two weeks ago, my first day there, six hours of drive. I get there, I take like a three-mile lap just to walk all dirt roads around all the farms and the area and this is one of those white church on top of the hill up top from the family farm and it's one of those things where me and my cousins are always laughing at like hey meet you at the church or if we're playing tag or manhunt as kids that would always be the whole base and so kind of walking down to the farm hill that night i turned around and saw that and we had a storm roll through like two hours before and so the sky the sky just was just awesome 
I love uh, the Fuji 100X series. Okay, nice. So tell so, me about your editing. Tell me about the colors in this. I use Lightroom. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of that stuff scares me because I don't have like the – I know with my head where I, I have a certain like look I like. But for me, I do definitely like the like the the sky if I can pull off colors. But I also don't. I think Barry talked about it. like I don't want to mess with like the contrast too much where it gets weird. Or if the shot's cool, and I can live with it. If I can post a shot by itself without even editing or cleaning somebody up, I'm happy with it. So a shot like this, I'm totally happy with it. Because for me, it might look cool to some people, but deep down for me, I know what it means to me, and that's really all I care about. I don't Absolutely. shoot for others. There you go. It's got that crossroads vibe, you know? Well, it's funny because obviously children of the corn growing up with all the corn <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Right. Like, we would always do, like, stupid, like, corn tag or just, <laughs> I mean, it gets bizarre, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but <laughs> I do like your color uh, your color grading on this. I, I like the tones you use or, or, or enhance, I should say. It's weird because when you get up there, all the bars are red or the silos are like that silver color. But you, this one white church that's literally up top higher than every other farm that goes down the valleys, it's just kind of a cool kind of, uh, like kind of a look to it. I kind of like looking at presets too because you don't have to actually do too much to it. If right. you like the preset, you got it. Boom. Exactly. Right. Hmm. That's a really cool shot, John. Thanks. That's awesome. Very nice. All right, let's jump to the next one. Third Eye Blind was actually rehearsing in there. Right? <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about okay. a mile and a half. This is about a mile and a half from uh, they were doing an acoustic set, live choir. <laughs> so this is about a mile and a half from the family farm. Uh, we had to ride like a mule, like ATV type thing to get there. But this was called Woodchuck Hollow. And when I was little, you see kind of all the stumps in there. Those were all hmm. dead trees. When I was, this is back in like 85, 90 when I was a little kid. And so you'd always have like the hawks there, these crazy cranes, birds. Well, as the time has passed, everything's kind of died out and fallen into the water. And so I, well, we're just literally going down there for literally just take pictures, me and my sister and a husband. And, uh, it was just, again, the storm had just rolled out, and it was the first time I've seen this with really no trees kind of blocking the reflection. And I kind of like reflection um, photography, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. And, again, I like your color palette that you have going on here, too. Is that, like, fog in the back, or is this just sort of ripple? Yeah, it, yeah, there was a fog. It, it, I don't know how what creates fog. I think it's the cold air meets the hot, whatever that situation was. It was happening, but I don't know if that was um, – because, again, a storm had just rolled out, so there wasn't, like, any uh, – well, maybe. Maybe it could have like been a fire. Or... Yeah. Did you, uh, did you edit the colors in this that much, or was that the colors of the scene? I, I kind of edited, like, the green because um, I wanted to see if I could play with the reflection in the, the water. But, um, like, all the stuff in the front, the clouds, I had to touch anything. That's See, good. this is the thing. Fuji's got a color scheme to it that's different, and it's yeah. cool. That's what I'm glad, so, I was like, so I'm glad Sanjay told me, because I'm just like, I obviously I've heard Nikon and Canon and the disposable cameras that Sanjay uses, but this, 
Like, I, it's just cool. Like, I, just, I, I love that you can use this camera and just not have to worry about it breaking. There's nothing crazy I have to do with it. And it's perfect for what I like shooting, so. And really, the colors really stand out. I really like the color yeah. palette. This is, for me, this is one of those spots where having a drone as well, because well, flying I mean, and taking I, drone my, shots. My sisters, my sisters and family getting to know Sanjay through the Shinedown camp. Every time we're like in some crazy setting where it's like, Okay, you got three D over here. You got a hawk above the sunset, the cord. We're like, oh, I wish Sanjay was here with whatever contraption he could throw out of his road case. <laughs> so, I mean, because with Sanjay, a lot of our days off, like we like we did the hike with um, Eric at the Alaska Glacier, and just that drone footage. It just it's just cool having someone like Sanjay around. But now with Barry, our days off are literally just okay. Where can we hike? Where can we go get lost? And, bring our cameras out that's awesome are you guys planning that ahead of the time so if you know like you're going to be at this spot you know in a couple months are you guys sort of planning that way yeah we'll kind of uh, it's funny for alaska the eric doesn't usually go out like obviously barry can subject attest to this he's very likes to stay in his room and just focus or whatever watch his joe rogan podcast so when i got a text <laughs> that morning in alaska it was like super early and i thought something was Rob, because I have certain texts for each bad guy, and so I never hear Eric really text like that time of day. I'm like, oh god, caribou <laughs> attack! But he's like, hey, I found this glacier. I really want to do this. It'd be cool for pictures. I was sold right there. And so Eric has that kind of a cool way. Of, if he has somebody who wants to hike and see and take pictures, I'm all for it. But me, Barry, and Sanjay, if we're going, don't worry if the day off is or it's been somewhere where we've been before. Um, it's one of those things where, hey, let's go there. Let's get the Uber. We'll have breakfast. Wake up off the bus. Head there for a couple hours and come back and grab dinner. It, it's definitely, I mean, the European stuff is awesome. Like, Barry, where's that church we went to where they're the crazy in Spain? Yeah, that was in Barcelona, the, Barcelona. Uh, the Grotta Familia. Right. And so that's another one of those things where we all got together, except Brent, and we're just kind of blown away, but we're all taking pictures. And it's just kind of cool. As much as Zach isn't like a photographer per se, but for something cool visually, like he gets right into it, lay it on the ground, take a cool angle. So it's cool. When you come to New Hampshire, we got uh, five photographers here that can be tour guides. It's only $300 a person. So um, <laughs> just hit us up and we'll be, we'll be happy to show you around. You'll get Nothing. a third eye blind poster too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Discounted. Sanjay, so what do you fly? Uh, I have the Mavic Pro Platinum, whatever that one is, and then I have a Phantom 4. Phantom, yeah, I have the Phantom 4 and the Mavic 2 Pro. Yeah. love those things. Yeah. I like the new one that they just came out with that. It's like the size of your hand, like the little mini, so I'm looking at that. Just, yeah. I just flew one today. It's great. Is it? Yeah, I, I do construction photography too, and uh, I did a job site, and you just hold it up, you throw it up, it goes 30 minutes. And that's wow. what I'm twenty mile an hour winds, and it didn't even move. So I got to check that out because the just the size factor of it, it's great. Yeah, uh, I used to do a bunch of real estate here in Arizona, so it's like I got really I had to get familiar with drones really quick. Yeah, yeah, five hundred dollars. You can it comes with a cage. You can fly it in your house and ram it into a wall, and it won't hurt anything. <laughs> I won't use the cage. I'll still fly it. Yeah. <laughs> Backstage at that Montana show, Sanjay, remember when we were trying to get you to get that uh, your uh, whatever hovercraft up like over the mountain across oh, yeah, the we were that was so insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you flew it right in front of my face too. That scared the hell out of me. 
Hey, I've got a quick question for you guys. Um, have either of you either thought of or actually used any of your, f your photographs in any album covers or album art in the um, pamphlets or anything like that? No. Uh, Sanjay has with uh, – he actually did one of our last major photo shoots for a yeah. lot of music for 8x10s and things like that. So Sanjay has there's – a, there's a weird thing in Shinedown – Mm -hmm. And it, it really comes from Brent. Uh, it has to be his idea, or at least he has to feel like it was his idea. And this is not throwing him under the bus. It's the way his brain works. So he likes outside sources when it comes to album art or album concept for the artwork for an album. He wants an outside source. And it's kind of cool that way because you do need to not always compartmentalize everything with the four of us um, because you, 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 know, you can commit career suicide by not having enough outside perspective going, are you sure about that? Um, so when it comes to albums and album artwork and artwork for Shinedown, it's usually an outside source looking in at us. And we can give ideas and, and go, you know, we're thinking maybe this, like even with the last record, Attention, Attention with the, the exclamation point, that was very visually stunning, but we were thinking the whole concept was you don't look at album covers anymore. You see them as a thumbnail on the computer. What's gonna, If you have this beautiful scene like is in front of us right now all it's going to do is look like a green and blue splotch when you look at it on your computer when you're going through itunes so and we want brent i'm sorry with brent's point. ideas that must help you out sanjay to, to get more creative as you get it giving these you know yeah that last photo shoot we did i mean everyone threw in their two cents and we all kind of worked together and we that's got cool shots do you miss it? So I, I remember, and I'm a little bit younger too, but I remember vividly opening CD cases because you like to just look at the imagery in, you know, in the little books there. Do you guys miss that? Do you guys miss that kind of, um, I guess, that tactile feeling that you had from CDs? Artistic expression. John, you're muted. <laughs> hey, so my first CD I bought, was Tragic Kingdom, no doubt. And when I opened up the album cover, I remember the pictures that are so vivid and so different. And I kind, I do kind of miss that physicality of, like, just crazy art. Yeah, I'm a little older than both Sanjay and John, so I, I still remember vinyl. And you get yeah. the big vinyl, you know. And I still have my vinyl collection here behind me, uh, or at least the ones that I, I care about way over over here. Um, you can see some of them. But, uh, uh, yeah, blood? Better, I would sit there with that album. <laughs> and just study it as you had to listen through the whole thing instead of just picking your favorite songs. You listen through the whole thing and go, wow, that was a journey and an experience. And I, I absolutely miss it. Yeah, do you guys think you'll ever... Track tapes. Yeah, do you think you'll ever record on vinyl again? Uh, we release a vinyl for every record. No kidding. Yep, and I think uh, uh, there may be something special coming up around Christmas this year as some sort of a boxed set kind of thing. Intent. <laughs> spot right on. No, I that's cool. That's anything cool. on vinyl. So that, yeah, you know, what's cool about vinyl nowadays, um, not only you're going to find it at Urban Outfitters or whatever, and all the cool kids are listening to it, but um, it's the only physical medium of music that's still going up in sales, whereas CDs are gone and, and obviously tapes are gone. Uh, vinyl still is kind of holding its value and still growing again in a weird way. So, um, and it, for those of you that have listened to vinyl and grew up on it, you know, it just sounds different. It sounds 
to me, warmer and better, and I enjoy listening to an album on vinyl. I'm sticking with A-Track. <laughs> Go Coming for it. back. Laser disc. <laughs> yeah, my A-Track's melted in my car one summer, and that was the end of it. Yep. So let's go back to uh, sort, of, sort of playing off of Eric's question about, you know, videos and, and stuff like that that you guys do. You guys literally just put out, and I know Sanjay was working on this for a long time, the London show on, mm-hmm. on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sanjay, can you kind of give us a little background of how that came about? How much work did you have to do? What, what, what was involved? <laughs> That's why he's got a hat on. He pulled all his hair out. Yeah. <laughs> that came up. When we were actually over in Europe, Brent and I were talking, and he kind of had the notion of, let's try and get a multi-camera shoot for this show. And we kind of planned it out a little bit, and then it kind of it dipped to where it just we weren't going to do it. And I remember talking to you, Barry. It was one of those things I was like, I don't even know if we're going to do this. Like, it might not even be a thing. And yeah, because everybody had got everybody was getting over their colds and everything so it kind of just became a non-issue we were just trying to suffer and get through the shows at that point and um then it was very much a fire for you then, yeah it was like, then it was uh, 12 hours before the show we found out there was going to be some people there with some cameras that we were able to talk to once we got to the venue so basically that entire show was planned from when we stepped foot at the venue it was like a whirlwind of crazy trying to get it all planned out get the shots get the people set i remember we had to send some runners out for some extra cards just so we had enough space to to capture everything for the amount of cameras that we had going and And we had to beg the venue because it's london it's like playing in new york they've got their own version of unions and everything else and they're like what (laughs) you want to do what with this um And I had all the footage and started editing in February. I so was the, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but was the idea to put this out pre-COVID? Yes, but not, it's kind of hard to say because we we're going to, we we're all talking on how we we're going to put it out and where it was going to go and who was going to, if anyone was going to take rights to it, as in like Live Nation release it or YouTube release it or by the end of it, like it first started as just a show and then it turned into this whole thing that it was behind the scenes stuff and the photos and this and that and everything that came together with it. Like it just, it, it came together as a full show DVD almost. And it just was decided, just put it out on YouTube, give it to and everyone. You- you did all the editing yourself? Yeah, I did everything on that. And I, I have to say, I believe the clip of Eric riding the chair up the stairs is our venue? Yes, it is. I knew it. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Cool. Well, yeah, well, first of all, you did an excellent job. That, I, as soon as I came out, I watched it from start to end. Oh, watched you. it, I, you know, watching John <laughs> take the cake in the face and, uh, you yeah, know, um, all the all the other stuff going on. So I thought you did an awesome job on that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was fun to put together, but I'm glad it's uh, I'm glad it's out and people yeah. can enjoy it now. The awesome dudes doing what they do. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's continue on with uh, John's shots here. So we have uh, John. Tell us about this one. That's cool. This was <clears throat> it by Grand Paris Bar at the top of the hill. 
Um, as a kid, this would always be filled with hay, but they, once they retired, kind of became like a storage place for tractors or whatever. And so, again, childhood, we're always up there running around, playing, making hay, like hay forts and just climbing ladders and jumping around. And so you go up there now, and whatever it was, this was early morning because I had coffee, and the, the sun was just kind of coming up on that side of the barn. And it was coming through the slats of the barn. I'm like, this is such a cool kind of shot. And so I took it. And the, the only really thing I kind of edited, I kind of played around with some of the light coming through the boards. But I didn't want to do too much because, again, for me, I would at that moment, I knew I would never be there again. And so I wanted to capture what I was feeling. And every time I look at that, I kind of have that same kind of feeling. That's Very the beauty of that shot. You probably went into that barn or whatever it is. Uh, millions looking, of times. Looking for something, right? And then this right. all of a sudden just pops up and say, that is cool. Right. Because That's my grandfather actually had passed away a year ago around then. And so um, it has that kind of like closure for sake, but more yeah. of like a, this is kind of a cool, like, like a, this would be, he would dig this. No doubt. It's a very spiritual shot with the way it's, with, with its, it tells you a spiritual you know, sort of story around it. It's beautiful. Yep. Oh, I liked it. it definitely How many pentagrams do you have painted on the floor, John? What's that? How many pentagrams do you have painted on the floor? <laughs> um, I have two Ouija boards, a pile <laughs> of wax, and the new third-eye blind uh, vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says Satan more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I had something I was going to add, but I'm going to shut up. No, no, no. Don't, don't hold back. Go ahead, Steve. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was He ended it, so it's good. I, I love the light coming through. I love the bluish tint of the light. It's very, yeah. it's very, uh, it just has a very magical spiritual feel to it. I like the grain of the wood. It's good. Yeah. And well, yeah, it's an old part. All right, hey, that's, that's you went there now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add to it. It, it, it reminds me of my in-laws' uh, maple sugar house. It's the same type of textures and lighting coming in the whole bit. So, oh, wow, wow. I love that <laughs> sentimental moment. Yeah, all right, that is nice. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, Speaking here we of go. spiritual, here we go. That is awesome. And so this was a day or night two. My uncle and I was walking after dinner. And again, everything's dirt roads. So we're just, if you want to walk after wherever, you could literally walk miles and come back. And so we had just coming on the way back, on the way back down to their cabin. And I turned around and I saw, I'm like, holy crap. Well, first I saw the rabbit, it was like the cloud. And I initially took the picture. Yeah. I took the picture for my sister, whose rabbit died a couple of years ago. It was like, what, rabbit, the, or, uh, Frank the rabbit. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, it looks like a rabbit. I'll show her, like, we'll have a laugh. I'll make some stupid sitcom at. But as when I got back to the cabin, I'm looking at it like, man, that's a really cool kind of, uh, I like the sunset, like the yeah. when it's high behind the clouds. But it's so, like, it's so awesome up there. Like, very rarely do cell phones work. No cars, no noise, just tractors and wildlife. Like, it's just awesome. Again, I like the colors of coming out of that camera. That's a Fuji color right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice yeah, dude, good. that's a freaking great shot, man. I could literally picture that being a third eye blind album. Album cover. Yeah. I'm actually selling this as a poster if you want one. <laughs> an extra. <laughs> and I saw the rabbit right away, John, just so you know. Yeah, yeah I was looking at it like, oh, cool. Like that, it's weird how like, sometimes visually I'll see something 
and I'll take the picture and be like, oh, I'll look at it later. Or when I look at the picture again, I don't see what I initially saw. Yeah. And so for here, it was kind of the reverse of that. I was kind of, this actually is kind of cool. That's a cool it's awesome. shot. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's dive into Sanjay. So let me, uh, I guess, we'll, you want to start with this one or you want to start with a different <laughs> one? <laughs> we can start with that one. That was, obviously, that was in Canada. Um, that was that day off that we were talking about before. We just ended up, that was the crazy Uber driver going all the way up to the top. Well, it wasn't up to the top, probably like a third of the way up. And we hiked up the rest. And uh, that's where Barry started to take a lot of really cool photos of nature. And same with John. Like it was, that was just a cool day to see how each person did nature photography. And we got to the top and I mean, that's us on a day off. That's the yep. kind of, that's what we do. We have fun. What um, year is this? Last year. Last year. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a, that was a great day, man. That's what I think all of us, we got some incredible shots. The one that Barry shared of the tree and the moss, that was there. Mm -hmm. uh, on the last episode I did with you guys too, a lot of the photos that you shared were from yeah. that. That yeah. view is amazing. I don't yeah, remember the city though. Do you guys? Uh, well, yeah, it's what? protected because I have the Manitoba Moose sweatshirt I was the day before. <laughs> yeah, oh, is that a Fuji camera as well? This, <laughs> this is on an iPhone. <laughs> Who took it? The Uber driver? <laughs> no, thank God. That, just a couple that was up there. Yeah, but so I just I one because this is a <laughs> this is a good Christ. representation of a day off of the three of us when we go out and just have fun together. How often do you guys get days off? Is it once a week, twice a week? Twice a week. We usually do uh, three shows day off, two shows day off. Yep. Is it usual? And is it every day off? Is it let's go out, or is it sometimes you just got to do other stuff? It's either uh, it depends the person. Off. Depends on the person. I go out every single day off because I can't stand staring at the four walls of a hotel room. I just it drives me crazy. So, sure. Whether it's just going to go find some good food or we're going to go on an adventure, I'm going to get into the hotel room. I mean you. I'm physically tired, so usually I'm pretty slow to get moving on a day off. Um, so I'll get out by lunchtime and then go get some lunch and go visit whatever city we're in as long as there's something to visit. But, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, days off, say we play New Hampshire and then we got to play Wisconsin on the next day, we drive to that next city. So you might not get in until mid-afternoon because you got a long drive and then you just spend the rest of that day do whatever you can getting ready for the next show day. Yep. Gotcha. There's always that tax lobby 15. Yep. <laughs> Not to digress too far on a, on a little semantics of a tour, but you drive from show to show. You don't, you guys don't fly. No, um, the airports are just chaos and we, we lease those buses so you can sleep overnight on the bus. I sleep better on a bus than I do anywhere, including my own home. Somebody um, else just said that to us. Mm -hmm. You look comfortable too. Yeah, I know you're always watching me. You're you're right there. I'm underneath you. Yeah, Shelby was. <laughs> That's for another show. That's part three. Shelby was on last week, and he was saying the bus is probably the best sleep he gets That's all it. year round. Yeah, yeah. Who was that? Uh, Shelby was on last week, uh, oh. Pop Evil Tour Manager, and he said okay. that the uh, the bus was the best sleep he gets anywhere. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent. There's something about the the diesel engine noise, and if you have a good driver, just that little rock. Yeah, but there's a nice thing. Yeah. Or, or tag a caribou oh. and wakes you up. So, 
That cold temperature at Bunk Alley at night. Yeah. Oh, stop ah. it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next yeah. one. Ah, oh, nice. Yes, cool, yes. Megan. That's yeah, cool. Megan, this was uh, one of the coolest Christmas markets I think we went to. This was Tivoli. Tivoli? Yep. And I remember John and I walked down there during the day and we checked it out. And I swear to God, there was one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. Oh, the grilled cheese. It was this grilled cheese ham sandwich. And it's the, I don't know what they did to it, but I remember going back to the hotel and Barry came out with us at night to go back. And I was like, B, you are going to have the greatest sandwich of your life. And this Christmas market was, this is the perfect example of what it is in Europe. It's, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. And they, we took a photo of Santa. I mean, you walk around, they have rides. It's just. Fake snow, real snow. Barry bought a quilt there, a jacket, right? Some caribou skin or whatever. <laughs> Wasn't caribou skin, but yeah, I bought a knit jacket. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Again, going off to the three of us on days off, like this is the kind of stuff, and this is the kind of places that we get to see together, and it's amazing. We and if you look at that left-hand side, Vapiano, it's a chain pizza joint that has really oh. good pizza ever overseas. Hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. I like cool. the uh, fisheye. Uh, what was this? Uh, uh, what, what lens was this? This was my <laughs> Sigma 14. It is good fisheye. Yeah, I like it. Everyone loves this guy. <laughs> All right, Wait, let's go This on. was on the Sigma 14 1.4. So was this one. This was this when beautiful. I went to uh, Disneyland a year back or two years back. I love the colors. That was yeah, just, the reflections uh, are awesome. That's yeah. Really good. That was like a 10-second long exposure. I was about to say, how did you get that? So you had to have used a tripod, huh? No. Look where if you look at the bottom here, at the very bottom of the screen, you can see I just literally put my camera down on the ledge there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I've learned to do and when I'm not wanting to take a tripod with me. It's like you just find the perfect little spots to just set your camera. And I remember this. I used a cigarette pack to place under the bottom <laughs> of my lens at the front just so yep. it angled it up properly so you can kind of get everything instead of just seeing the concrete. Beautiful. I was going to say, that's a damn fast Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, what, what editing did you do? Any color correction or anything like that? Uh, this, I brought up the highlights, brought down some of the shadows, and boosted the satur or the vibrancy. And that was really it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Disneyland's so vibrant as it is, you don't have to do much there. Yeah. I've, I've never been. That's unfortunate. I like it. Hint, hint. <laughs> I hate there's there's I an inside story it. there or something? Well, next time you're up here, we'll have to take you in third eye blind to Disneyland. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> we well, can we do have, some online shopping with Wayfair, too. The closest thing we have to, guilt, to, to, on, to Disneyland is uh, Santa's Village. Can't be like Santa's uh, Village next time you're up. I've uh, done that. Storyland is closer. Oh, Storyland, right, right. Storyland is closer, yeah, just a yeah. little bit. Okay. All right, let's jump to the next one. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It was that's actually, Canada, too. Yeah, this was uh, where the guys did a meet and greet. It was uh, an old... Oh, I forgot about that. 
Yeah, remember that? It was an old bank that they did a meet and greet in that was part of the venue. And this was the inside lock of the vault. So I had my uh, 100 millimeter macro and I just kept taking different shots till I got the one that I liked. And I mean, you can read it on there. This was made in 1892, that lock was made. That's beautiful. I love the color, sort of the, the bleach colorish style to it. Thank you. Yeah, this was, that was such a cool, I, I was scared someone was gonna get locked in it though. <laughs> so wish. the venue was a bank? The part, like the back of the venue was, right? Yes. Yeah, had, like, I mean, it wasn't a bank anymore. Ours is too, Bank of New Hampshire. I mean, ah, look at you. Uh, hey, throwing out the reference. Uh, can you give us a drum roll, Barry? <laughs> 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 Thanks. Uh, hey, this is a beautiful shot. Thank, Thank you. you. I like it. I love the colors in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the reflection's actually, awesome. Ten, five, ten minutes from my house. This is the water tower in downtown Gilbert. And with all this COVID shit and staying home, I was going crazy. Like I wanted to, I, I wanted to go out and do something. So my buddy and I, we just went, I think this was Saturday night, 10 o'clock at night or something. We just went out, parked and went walking downtown and just did some street photography. And I, we were walking back actually to the car and I remember walking by the reflection. I was like, that's the photo that I want. So I remember I dropped down and my camera was almost sitting in the water to get it, just the angle of it. But it turned out pretty much exactly how I saw it walking by. And then I couldn't figure out how to work the colors that I was getting in the original because it, uh, it was very purple. And I, I don't like a lot of purple in night shots at all. So... This took me probably an hour to edit to where I save this preset now as one of my own personal like night presets cool. to where it eliminated a lot of the night purple and it gives that warm orange feel with wow. like the washed out look, but also the true blacks. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's cool. That color is real. I mean, that's a really, really eye pleasing yeah. color. I like that. It reminds that's me of the water tower. He's a kindergarten cop. <laughs> it's not a tumor <laughs> do you find that you get into a mode where everything is portrait or everything is landscape mode no I mean for stuff like this I like I don't know it all depends sometimes I'll take a landscape shot and I'll crop it because I like the perspective more yeah but I, I, for me personally it's I just kind of go with what I see. And if it's like, oh, cool, I want to look down a, like this one. It's like you want to focus visually going back with the depth of field. I'm going to shoot it like this. Yeah, no, this is brilliant because you got some bokeh over here, but yet you reach all the way down underneath all those awnings, and it's, it's really cool. And yeah, is this the same Andre. color? Same, right. same night, same city. Same uh, preset? Same preset. And that's what I wanted to make it for. I wanted to figure out if it's going to be able to be applied to multiple night shots like this. And it worked out. So, so these presets that you've been making, so you're going to have a whole catalog of presets to be trying out once touring starts again, huh? Yes. So we're going to uh, see the 2021 uh, Sanjay uh, preset catalog coming. <laughs> yeah, and 
actually working on a lot of black and whites and like night uh, presets, and I want to start putting together like a full real pack of great nice. presets that people can use. Nice. Giving them wacky names or just. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I will. This one's called Mike Two, I think. Call it Jumper. <laughs> They're dried blind presets. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, Again, another Christmas market. Just wanted to show kind of what this we This is Glasgow. Yep. yep. Oh, that's when we bought the suits. Yep. Just bought your tweed suits. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that's Mr. Ricky Bobby, Barry's drum tech. Oh, cool. All right. Hey, I just wanted to quickly say real quick while he's looking for that. Uh, sincerely appreciate you guys taking the time to kind of do this with us. It's uh yeah, it's really cool to see this perspective, you know, of this industry that we love and we love what we do. But to see from from, you know, you guys and what you experience, it's been uh, really eye opening and a hell of a lot of a lot of fun. So thank you very much for taking your time out of your night to do this with us. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Break. It's fun to from my perspective to talk. Obviously, you got to talk a little bit about Shinedown because that's what brought this here. But uh, to talk about something outside of just shows mm -hmm. and uh, where are you from kind of stuff is pretty cool that being said while we're waiting on the photo i had a question for all of you um when you go to take photos of a show aside from having to aside from having to elbow other people out of your way when you're trying to get a shot what could bands do better for you guys as far as visually what is something that you're like, and if one band would just do this we'd be able to get great shots invite us on lighting. stage no, fix the lights. <laughs> Get rid of the, the red lights. lights. The lighting for the first three songs. So it really, it really depends. You know, for us, it's you know every act has a different set of rules, and it's really going to be the tour manager that sets the rules for us. The venue's going to whatever the tour manager says is whatever you know the venue's going to say. All right, this is the rules for that night. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's honestly it's really about where we have access most i'd say probably 60 to 75 percent of the time the access is only from front of the house from soundboard uh you guys alice cooper a few other shows give us you know sort of pit access and that allows us to get a lot more creative and have a lot more you know variations in our shots um so i think access is probably sort of the first thing and then the second thing is i know a lot of bands um, maybe it's unspoken or maybe it's just coincidental. They have maybe poor lighting for the first three songs because those are the songs we are allowed to shoot. Uh, and, and again, I get it. I absolutely understand that this is their brand and they need to, their brand to be on par to what the fans ex uh, expect. So I, I, I absolutely get that. Those are the two major things for us. Um, but it's really, a, I mean, it's really hit or miss per band. You guys always give us the best. Unfortunately, my experience, uh, the last time you guys played, I was not allowed to shoot from the barricade because someone misunderstood. But the other <laughs> photographer I was with was shooting the, from the barricade the whole time. And damn it. <laughs> when, when, at, the end of the sh at the end of the three songs, I'm like, dude, how'd you get in there? He goes, why weren't you in there? I go, I was told I can't. He goes, no one told me. So it was just a miscommunication on our side, not on your side. So I was bummed on that. I was so looking forward to that night. But um, and now that we know you guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. I do find that this, that a lot of bands will come to us and, and talk about how they don't want that up the nose shot That's awesome. where, you know, a, a different photographer was 
right up underneath the lead guy, or the lead guitarist, or the or the bass player that's out front, and they're right up shooting up into their nose. And you talked about it before, Barry, where you were, you mentioned that you know you have a bad expression, or uh, you know just a kind of a a non photogenic look on your face. And I think the bands are trying to to help control their own image, and they do that by giving us less access to get that really great yeah. shot that we know that we can get because the guy in the last venue screwed it up because he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. We run across that and I think we're we're lucky in that we have a tour photographer who can kind of vet people ahead of time and also John who can vet people ahead of time to go, okay, this person kind of knows what they're doing with the camera or this person just showed up and got the pit pass from their buddy and has their point shoot with the flash on and the auto set. Um those times can be frustrating and, and look man uh it's true all of us band members we're a bunch of narcissists and we always want to look good out there sure. you know <laughs> so. good, you should it's your it's your look yeah, your brand yeah. your yeah. and your set that you guys create with all the lights and pyro and all that shit that's your that's your image that's your brand that you've put out there and to have some knucklehead photographer put out a shitty a shitty photo because he thought it looked good and it doesn't represent you guys in a good light i think that's the wrong way for us to go about it doing it as, a, as professionals yeah i think we've gotten to the, since everybody has a camera in their pocket nowadays uh we've gotten to the point now where like i said earlier we just make fun of it internally we just send the pictures to each other and laugh at each other there's been times where um we god who was it uh that's on couple, but we take photos, <laughs> and it the face is so bad, or the picture is so hilarious that we'll have them photoshopped into a different scene or into something secretly <laughs> taping on each other's um, wardrobe cases or whatever else. There's one of Brent where he's got his leg up and he's singing, and it looks like he's in uh, that Irish dance group, um, <laughs> Michael Flatley or whatever. So they ended up superimposing them in a line of Irish dancers because that's what he looks like in the that's it's hilarious and there's no whole bar no whole bar no holes bar there's one of uh, Eric turned into a garbage pail kid because he looked like he was thrown up because the picture was taken when his mouth is wide open screaming so now he's a garbage pail kid forever on a wardrobe case so you're taking concert photography to a whole different level with now we're hoping that we can make garbage pail kids shine down. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you can't laugh at yourself. There's no point. Right, right. right. Uh, Ryan Roxy said the other night he didn't want guitar face. Oh yeah, guitar face. Yeah, yeah. Guitar yeah. face. Yeah. 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 So, and we we get we get artists who are sort of they had their peak, say eighties, nineties, whatever. They had their peak several years ago and they're still touring, but their look has changed. So we have artists that are very, very cautious about what photos are, you know, approvals and stuff like that. I mean, sure. It is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. You know, I can, yeah. if I can add to that, Jason, this, there's some very current country bands that are very strict of what they review. And if there's any kind of, there was one particular band where, where if there was anything in the front that distracted your eye from the lead people in the band the photo wasn't allowed to be put online wow. wow so any kind of crowd hands up and up in the air right where there was any kind of foreground depth no that didn't that didn't get allowed the wide Weird. variety yeah, wide variety of artists and they have specific this, needs, they, so. this is this is what their brand is and hey whatever that's their brand so you want to shoot yeah. them you you know going in these are their rules yeah and as a photographer i'm okay with that i have no yeah, opinion whatever. or no anything 
I'm just happy to be doing what I'm doing. I agree. All right. I so think so- one of the, oh, sorry, oh. I'm going to say it real quick. I think one of the nicest things um, really about this is that we're, we're kind of able to start bridging a gap between, you know, the performer and the art of that. And then also what us as concert photographers, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all like, you guys want to look good and badass. And, and as photographers, we also want to put out an image that we think that, you know, other people will think looks good. Like we always want to put our best work too. And I think Steve touched upon a point and you did too, that some people just get a pass just for the, the cool part about having a pass and not for the artistic element of what you can capture. So I think there's a lot of people out there, the overwhelming majority of photographers that, um, you know, really do want to make you guys look as best as you possibly can. Um, and then there are some, you know, bad apples in the bunch as well. Yeah. And, yeah. You're right. And I think that goes with anything you do. There's always going to be a couple bad apples. It's just what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Sanjay, no, take us through I'll, this beautiful, beautiful shot of your daughter. <laughs> One of the hardest things to shoot <laughs> are babies and animals. So this <laughs> shot for me was like, it was the one because this was, I was doing family portraits and we were talking about like some people hate doing portraits and some people love it. And I'm kind of neutral to it both, but when I have my own daughter to be the subject, it's like, I'll sit and try and get as many shots as possible till I get the one, but this one, two lights on her, one overhead, one fill in the front. And she just happened to be happy. And she sat and that was on a 35. <laughs> she looks happy. She's always happy. Kind of. I'm just glad she looks like life. It's a great <laughs> shot. Happy too. I wish Wait I had she turns 16. She's not going to have that look. <laughs> she's probably wondering if she has to sign a photo release yeah <laughs> he's be, you're beyond a third song dad what are you still yeah singing? get the hell out of the pit dad so, so uh, and, and so this this is so crisp and so sharp on the eyes and and like you said a ch- a ch- an infant is extremely difficult to shoot with constant movements and, and you oh, know, yeah. get them to even look at you is almost impossible so this in itself is an amazing shot. Thank you. It's just, yeah, I want to share this one just because it's something that you don't capture all Because your daughter is beautiful and you're a good dad. We, we have one photographer here that does kids bop. That's, that would be hemp. That's why he's being quiet tonight. There's a lot of restraining orders against him. Yes, oh, I can't talk about them. Right, <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you said that. But uh, uh, for, so what, that was a joke, you, everybody. Please, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your editing process for this? This wasn't much at all because of the two uh, lights, the overhead that I was using. This was basically almost off a of camera. I just put a small vignette on oh. it and uh, boosted up the vibrancy because I shoot very flat on my Canon and pretty much anything I shoot, I always push everything down so that way in post I can really control it. What do you yeah. mean shoot flat? Uh, uh, go into the settings and put everything where you can do your photo settings. I'll go to neutral and then bump it down even more. So there's no, there's not a lot of, it's almost like when you're shooting raw in film where it's just almost a gray wash. And that way when you process your photo, you can get the true skin tone, you can get the true colors and then manipulate it how you want it. Hmm. But yeah, so one, most cameras have, I think by default, they're set to, I think it's normal, but they also have like an oversaturated level. They have like yep. a, they have a you know, whatever, yeah, a bunch of different variations. I think black, you know, you mentioned black magic last time for video. 
they shoot in a very you know raw i mean uh very um very call it yeah and you know you basically you do all your color editing and 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 color grading post and you can you have a lot more control over those minute details exactly like her eyes like it when you zoom into it really close on like the high res it's so crisp like you can see reese my fiance sitting behind us through the reflection it's like stuff like that that you want to pull out and just like in the eyes in the upper left hand corner like that's the light reflection so you kind of make that pop so it gives it that glossy look so just little things like that for yep. portraits at least that's what i've been practicing a lot on her race some friends of mine like i have stuff set up here now just to really get down portraiture beautiful thank you very beautiful so when it comes to being on the road and seeing all these different venues and being in all these different areas, is there, I know our venue in New Hampshire is one of the more popular ones for artists you know, because of the amenities and because of the surroundings and stuff like that. But what other places and ours, if you want, uh, do you like? So when you see the tour list coming up for next summer or next year, is there a certain places that you're like, yeah, I want to hit that place or, or anything like that? Is there anything that stimulates you with, with locations? Yeah, I'd say so. And then, you know, yours is definitely one of those venues. I think any venue you show up to and you know that the staff is, is good, they do have the amenities that are is going to make your day that much brighter and better. Um, maybe they always have a, a good catering staff or something of those when you, it gives you something to look forward to instead of a, a grumpy staff that could care less who the artist is coming through. They just want to get the show done. That makes a huge difference when you walk into a venue and they care about their venue and they have, they take ownership of their venue. That's, that's rare. And you, you guys are one example. And it's actually very few and far between that you find those venues that do that. And then it's, um, the nostalgic venues, even if they don't take care of you that very well, but you know, if you go play Red Rocks, okay, yeah, it's Red Rocks. You want to play there, and I tell you what, I feel bad for any crew that has to load into that joint. It's a pain oh, in the ass. <laughs> but what a legendary venue to go play! So you get those places, plus places like yours where uh, they take care of a band. Those are the ones you look forward to, or if it happens to be one of your personal favorite cities, like for me, my, one of my favorite cities is New Orleans. I could play a hole in the wall where they treat me like shit. I'm still in New Orleans. I love it. So it, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and food, as simple as that is, just if you put out a good spread, your venue could be falling apart and the ticket sales weren't that good. But if I can have a good, well-made meal that's not a hamburger, dog, that means a lot. <laughs> I imagine trying to eat healthy can be a challenge in a lot of locations. It can be, especially early on in the early touring years where you couldn't, you know, you request as much or you were, you know, I remember there was tours and I won't name the names of the bands that we toured with, but maybe didn't treat us that well and said, okay, you can't have breakfast or lunch and neither can your crew, but you can show up for dinner after we're done. Wow. Um, and you grasp basically. Uh, those are tough tours. Um, nowadays we're very lucky where a lot of times if we're doing an extended tour, we'll carry catering with us. And then you can really not only pick your caterer, but you can say, Hey, these are our dietary requirements. And it's not crazy, but we want a healthy meal. Maybe, uh, you know, the band wants to make sure we have a protein and veg. Zach's an extremely picky eater. Um, those kinds of things or, you know, are, are uh, you know, we've got a few people on the tour that might be vegetarians, so they have to have that option or gluten-free or whatever, the, you know, the new keto fat is, whatever else. We try to we try to accommodate everybody to the best of our ability. 
And are you, is it you that is the barbecue guy? Myself and Zach. Okay, Zach. I was going to say, I've seen many, many Instagram videos and posts of you guys with some delicious looking spread going on. Yeah, uh, we both love to cook. Zach's, you know, he grew up in Memphis, which is one of the kings of barbecues. So he's definitely got the Memphis style down. Um, I've just always enjoyed cooking. I love to cook. That's my other passion outside of the arts is just cooking. Not that cooking can't be an art. I guess it can be, but um, I enjoy it. And, and my wife can't cook at all. So uh, I cook a bunch of food while I'm home. And then I usually uh, freeze and prepare the meals. So when I leave on tour, they've got two freezers full of meals so they never have to worry about it she, she calls herself the queen of reheating so oh nice so 2020 your family's been eating real good <laughs> oh yeah i've got my i got my at home weight on <laughs> yeah we all have i i understand yeah. that well cool well thank you guys so much i appreciate having all three of you back well sanjay and john i appreciate you guys coming back barry it, it is a tremendous honor to have you on here and to be able to talk about this with you it's so great to see you guys um we can't wait to see you back at the venue whenever that may be 2020 I, at the beginning of this year when we were getting close to our draft pick which was what show we picked i did not see shine down on that list and i was like come on you guys are there almost every year this is i wanted to see you guys so much this year but i i know you were working on other stuff but unfortunately the whole thing fell apart but anyways thank you so much for your time i appreciate it john yeah, we all do. thank you as always thank you, thank you for hooking us up with everything john i really I'm glad to uh, you and I have chatted a lot off lo online and stuff like that. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we can do more together. Sanjay, as always, you're one of my favorites when it comes to photography, and now you've had all this time to kind of fine-tune stuff, so I'm, I'm really excited for what's going to happen next. Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, it. So yeah, anyway, so you. you guys enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much for all your time. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys again. I can't wait to whatever it is you're working on in the studio. I, I'm, I'm super psyched, man. I'm a huge Shinedown guy. So. Going to be good. Be healthy, guys. John, thank you so much for rounding <laughs> thank you. up. I'll Thanks, talk to fellas. you online. Sandy, thank you again. so much for joining Thanks, us. Guys. Bye, guys. All right. You guys have a good night. Bye, sir. Bye, blind. Hey guys, thanks for watching Tales from the Pit. We had a great time tonight with John, Sanjay, and Barry from Shinedown. Uh, check us out, talesfromthepit.net. Make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks guys, we'll see you next time.